Father, we ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. Every heart can behold you as we see ourselves in you. There is clarity, there is light, there is precision, there is accuracy, and everyone is edified as your name alone is glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Alright, this morning we'll start um, an exhortation, a teaching, whatever you call it this morning. It's called the culture of giving. The culture of giving. The culture of giving. Hallelujah. The culture of giving. And um, so, you know, you cannot be committed to a church without giving. And there is a culture of giving. You know, there are different cultures of different places, different cultures of different communities, different cultures of different ethnic groups, different cultures of different um, parts of Christianity or different cultures of different people. But in the local church, there are cultures in the local church and such a culture such a culture that we have is the culture of giving so there are different like i said there are different cultures meaning that it is part of the people when you say culture culture means that it is part of the people it is it is part and parcel of those people culture means that it is it involves everybody. Everybody is doing something. So, and I said, Christianity has a culture of giving. Christianity has a culture of giving. And the truth of the matter is that um, giving or the culture of giving is not a revelation it is not a deep revelation like that. It has been in existence in the scriptures from Genesis. It has been in existence in the scriptures from the beginning. So, just know that when you know Christianity, you will know that Christianity is founded on giving. You know, the, if, you, if you have checked our materials on the basis of Christianity, one of the things we said is that Christianity is founded on Christ's work of salvation. Another thing to add to that is that Christianity is founded on giving. Christianity is founded on giving. And what does giving mean? Giving means to honor. Giving means to respect. Giving means to express faith in God. That is, you give to honor, to respect and to express faith in God. You give to honor, you give to respect and express faith in God. So the Bible is replete on so many examples of giving. There is so many examples of giving in the scriptures, so many teachings on giving. You see like in John 3 verse 16, the popular text, I believe everybody should know that. John 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see that Jesus gave himself. Jesus gave himself. In Romans 8 verse 32, Romans 8 verse 32, Romans 8 verse 32, 
It says, are you there? I'll wait for you. You know, Romans 8 verse 32. He says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So, we are thought, so whatever you love, you give to it. So, we are thought that, and like I said, Christianity is founded on giving. That is, God is the first giver. He gave himself. You saw in Romans 8 verse 32 just now. He said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So, Jesus gave. And like I said, Christianity is founded on giving. You see in 1 John 3 verse 16. 1 John 3 16. 1 John 3 verse 16. It says, Whereby perceive the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So, he laid down his life for us, and you and I ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The truth of the matter is, whatever you love is what you give to. Whatever you love is what you give to. He gave his son and he gave his son so we can give all things. Jesus gave, God gave his son so that we can give all things. So without giving, there will not be Christianity. I just walked you through a couple of texts now and I showed you that Jesus was the, or God is the first giver. He gave his son. Romans 8 verse 32, John 3 16, 1 John 3 verse 16, he gave. So Jesus gave, God gave for us. So the first giver is God. And you know, how many of you are used to these terms of giving your life to Christ? How many of you have heard that term before, giving your life to Christ? All right. Now, you know, in salvation, you don't give your life to Christ. You receive the life of Christ. Because you don't even have a life to give. In Ephesians 2, it says, you, you, you are too quick in you who were dead in trespasses and sin. So, you didn't even have a life. He gave you his life. So, but after you receive salvation, giving your life to Christ is now service. So, you can give your life to Christ as a form of service to God. So in salvation, Christ gives his life, and that is the life we receive at salvation. Now that you are saved, you now give your life. And that is an act of service. You give your life to Christ. You know, there's this um, five love languages that people use, and one of those things is act of service. So can someone tell me what, what, what does act of service mean? Uh, when, when you're doing something, right, so for, for the other person. So that is basically how it is. So in salvation, you are doing something for the other person. You are giving your life to Christ. So now, like I said, giving founded Christianity. 
Are you getting it now? So how did giving found Christianity? Because God gave, right? Because if God didn't give, you and I will not be saved. You and I will not be gathered in a church service this morning. You and I will not be in fellowship with the brethren. But God gave. Did that make sense? If it makes sense, let me see your hands. All right. So now Jesus gave. God gave himself for us. So Christianity is founded on giving. So one fact about giving you must understand is that Christianity is founded on giving. Say Christianity, Christianity is, founded is founded on giving. No, you're not saying like you mean it. Christianity is founded on giving. All right. All right. Now, let's see. So, and we already settled the fact that Christianity is founded on giving. And in salvation, you receive the life of Christ, right? And now that you are saved, you can give your life to Christ as a form of what? Service. All right. Cool. Now, let's see. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. I want to show you a church in the scriptures in 2 Corinthians 8. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. I'll wait for everyone. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. Are you there? All right. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. In verse 2, it says, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, the church demonstrated the grace of God by giving. This church here in Macedonia, they demonstrated the grace of God by giving. Now, look at in verse 2, it says, How that in great affliction of abundance of their joy and their what? Deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. So the church demonstrated the grace of God by giving when they didn't have. They were going through economic crisis. They were going through, let's say, in today's world, inflation. Is it, is, is it inflation they call it? Um, inflation? Is that what they call it? Recession. Yeah, I was looking for that word. They were going through recession. They were giving in their lack. You know, I thought it is when people don't have that they give. That they don't... You know, I thought it is when people don't have that they don't give, right? You know, when you don't have anything, that's when you don't give, right? You tell the person, I don't have, I don't have, you know? And you don't give. But these guys, look at it in verse 2. It says, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. So it's a worldly spirit to think that those who have should give all the time. It's a worldly spirit. It's a worldly spirit to think that it is those that have that should be given. It's a worldly spirit to think that it is those that don't have that shouldn't also give. So, in fact, if you look at Jesus' story about the woman with the widow's mite, when Jesus was watching the woman with the widow's mite, 
the woman didn't have anything and she was giving and jesus did not stop her jesus did not say oh don't give oh hold on wait till you have she gave her last penny and jesus was looking at her jesus didn't stop her from giving because and in fact jesus even commended her you see in verse 3 look at in verse 3 in this story it says for to their power i bear record yea and beyond their power that they were willing of themselves i want to read that in the amplified version i want to read that in the amplified version this verse 3 in the amplified version is going to make sense second corinthians 8 verse 3 in the amplified it says um, give me a second uh, I want it to be so clear which for you. Alright. It says, For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave voluntarily. So it says, look at what look at what is happening here. In verse 2, it says, For doing their ordeal of severed distress, their abundant joy, and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. In verse 3, it now says, I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave voluntarily. So it means they were willing to give beyond their power. They gave willingly. They were actually begging to give. That was what was happening there. They were actually begging to give. In verse 5 now, look at in verse 5. He says, Praying with us in much entreaty that upon us the fellowship of the ministers, the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And when they did this, not as we hope, in verse 5, it says, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto the will of God. Now, the immediate context, context of this is that Jerusalem had needs, so they were gathering support of all the churches to, so, to send to Jerusalem. So they were gathering support from all the churches in Asia to send to Jerusalem. So it was like um, Jerusalem was having a problem and a, and a distress, so they were just gathering now, Macedonia is in Asia, so they're just gathering all this support that, ah, let's give to that church. Oh, this church is going through a problem. So it's just like saying, um, let's, let's give an instance now. Let's say a church in Brooklyn, New York now is going through a problem. And we're like, okay, let all of us in Rochester here, let's give and let's send some money back to um, Brooklyn. And you know, Rochester here is like a village. So, <laughs> and Brooklyn should be like a big city, right? That is exactly how it is. Those guys were going through, those in Macedonia were going through problems, um, recession, going through their own deep poverty. They didn't have, but look at what they were doing. They were begging to give. They didn't say, oh, you know, if it is our today's day, if they come to, if they come to, if the pastor comes to the church and say, brethren, it's time to give, is that, ah, Man of God, don't you understand that there is a problem going on in the city? There is actually recession. We are actually paying money now in Walmart for for bags, for lying on bags, and um, 
so we are going through deep poverty in this city. So why should we still be giving to they should be the ones sending to us? <laughs> but that was not so. That was not so. In verse 6, he says, In so much that we desire Phythos as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace. So the fundamental function of giving is consecration. Because in verse 5, he says they were willing to give themselves. So when you are not consecrated to God, giving becomes a burden. When you are not consecrated to God, giving becomes a burden. It becomes a stress because you are not consecrated to God. But giving ought to be a lifestyle. As a Christian, we are born in built to give. Because like I told you, the first giver is God. And I said Christianity is founded on giving. So without giving, there cannot be Christianity. Without giving, we will not have Christianity at its ease today because the first giver is God. So that shows a believer is born with a giving spirit. Because we have the DNA of our Father in us. We have the Spirit of God in us. And the Spirit of God in us is a giving spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God in us is a giving spirit. So, like I said again, the fundamental function of giving is consecration. So when you are not consecrated to God, giving becomes a burden. It becomes a stress because you are not consecrated to God. And giving ought to be a lifestyle. In verse 5, it says, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first they gave their own self to the Lord. Consecration is giving yourself to Jesus. When you are consecrated, you are giving your entire life to Jesus. You are surrendering your whole to Jesus. You are surrendering all that belongs to you to Christ. You are surrendering yourselves to the service of Christ. You are consecrating your life to Jesus. If your heart serves God, giving will never be a burden to you. If your heart serves God, giving will never be a burden to you. Just like preaching is not a burden to me, I'm not stressed preaching this morning. No, I don't have been doing this almost all my life. So, it's the same way. You don't stress. You know, you're not stressing to breathe this morning. That is how you should be as a Christian. You should be a giving Christian. You should be a giving Christian. So giving is a culture. And it is a culture of those who are consecrated to the service of God. If you have not prioritized the work of God in your heart, and the mark of the ministry in your heart, you would see giving as a stress. Because giving is a culture of those who are consecrated to the service of God. In verse 5 again, I'm reading it again, he says, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. They gave themselves to the Lord. They gave their whole to the Lord. They surrendered all to God. So if you check the history of giving, the very first giver is God. 
he gave himself. In Genesis 1 verse 1, he says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Not for him to stay. He created it for you. He made everything for man. In verse 26, he created man after everything was done. Genesis 1 verse 26. In Psalm 24 verse 1, the Lord created the heaven and the earth for man. So the Lord gave heaven and earth for man. So the very first giver is who? Is God. God is the very first giver. He gave his life. He gave the entire universe to man. He gave the oxygen, the breathing, the life. He gave you life. Without God, you will not have life. So he gave the entire life. He gave everything to you and to man. In Genesis 4, you see Noah's story. In Genesis 4, 5, 6, you see Noah's story. Noah gave again. Noah gave the ark. He built the ark. He became, he became a carpenter, like the first carpenter. Built a ark for the people can walk, come into the ark and stay. He gave. In Genesis 12, Abraham also, Isaac and Abraham and Isaac's story, remember? He, was, he had a child and he wanted to give his child to the Lord. <laughs> he gave. So the culture of Christianity is giving. Hallelujah. The culture of Christianity is giving. So Christianity is giving. So it is not strange to give in Christianity. It is not. So when you are giving as a Christian, it is not strange. Because you should be giving. You should be giving. So it is not a new thing to give the only thing you have. Abraham gave the only thing he had. It's not a new thing to give the only thing you have. The widow gave everything she had. Someone say, ah, you know, ah, I cannot give my money. Ah, I cannot survive tomorrow. This and that and that. No, it's not a new thing. You just have to understand that everything you have, he gave you. See, everything I have, everything he, gave I have he gave me. Do you know God gave you life? Yes, sir. You know that? You know God gave you your job? Yes, yeah, you don't know? Someone say, because I applied. No, because you have life. If you don't have life, you will not get a job. <laughs> God gave you everything you have. God gave you everything you have. So you have to understand that everything you have, he gave you. And giving does not hurt to God. No, it doesn't. Remember I said, it is a show of our honor, respect, and faith in God. Say giving is a show of my honor, respect, and faith in God. Giving is the show of my honor, respect, and faith in God. God gave first. Jacob also gave. Jacob told the Lord that if you would protect me from my enemies, I will take the tenth of what I have and I will give to you. That's not strange in the scriptures. So there is nothing wrong when I get a job and, and I say, okay, I'm going to give certain percentage to the Lord. There's nothing wrong. It has always been like that from the scriptures. Because, you know, it's still not wrong to make vows to the Lord. You know things you do when you were younger as a Christian, you make vows and you say, Lord, I'm going to give you such so, a so amount of money. I'm going to give such so, a so amount of car. I'm going to give such so, a so amount of this. There's nothing wrong with that. It is not a new thing. God gave first. 
and there is not see now i want to teach you i want to clarify your mind about giving because we used to think giving as a lottery you know lottery you play one to get something <laughs> that's not that's not god okay that if i give now god is going to because i give 10 naira now oh sorry 10 dollars <laughs> because i give 10 dollars god is going to give me 100 dollars that is not god that is that's lottery <laughs> that's lottery or bitcoin that's not <laughs> or crypto that god is not crypto <laughs> so, so that he's giving you so that you so that so that you are giving so that he can give you no no <laughs> What is in your hands he gave you? So that's why I'm teaching you and letting you understand that this morning, that what is in your hands now he gave you. So the everything with you right now is from him. Do you get it? Your money, everything with you right now is from him. So he gave you. He gave you everything. So you are not given to get from him. You got from him to give. I'll say that again. You are not giving to get from him. You got from him to give. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you learn to see yourself in that reality that everything I have is from him. The money, my job, my everything. I believe you will live your Christian life well. You live your Christian life appreciating God the more. So everything I have, I got it from him and so I can give. Because, like I said again, God is the first giver. Say God is the first giver. So he gave first. So that is why giving under the law is not wrong even under under grace. No, it's not wrong. In the testament of grace, you are not compelled to give any percentage. No. Those 10% 50%, 20%, you are not compelled to give any percentage. Are you getting what I'm saying? In the Testament of Grace, you are not compelled to give any percentage of, okay, you must give 10%, you must give 15%, you must give, no. You are not compelled to give any percentage. But to give a portion, but to give a portion of your income is not wrong. No, it's not wrong. The key word to giving is honor. When you honor something, you are is going to show in your giving. If you know you truly respect God, you respect the work of ministry, you respect the work of the gospel, you are going to give to it. If you say, oh, I value souls. I want the word of God to spread out the more. I want men to be well taken care of in the, in the ministry. You will give the more. So, honor means to respect. Honor means to respect. Honor means to regard, to treat something as different. When you honor, you respect the thing. Everybody has something they respect or somebody they respect. Right? Everybody has somebody they respect. Everybody has somebody they honor. You have certain things you honor. You have certain things you respect. If Beyonce is coming to, to Rochester tomorrow... I know you're going to respect her by buying a ticket, right? Even if she makes the ticket five hundred dollars, 
Rochester is going to be full. The stadium she's going to use is going to be full. And that's because you do what? You treat her as different. It's Beyonce. Right? <laughs> so, look at in Proverbs 3 verse 9. Proverbs 3 verse 9. We're still coming back to our, to our text. Proverbs 3 verse 9. It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of thy increase. Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruit of thy increase. So because you are giving it to a man does not mean does not mean you are honoring the Lord. Because you are giving to church, because you are giving to this does not mean you are not honoring the Lord. Honor is worship. Giving is an act of worship. When you are giving, you are expressing worship. Giving is worship because when you give, you honor God. When you give to church, you honor God. You respect Him. Honor means to show God that He came from Him. When you are giving to church or when you are giving to the work of the ministry, you are showing God that this thing, I am thanking you and I'm worshipping you that this thing came from me. So, honor means to show God that it came from me. The, so, when you give, it's releasing you from greed. When you are giving, it, release, it releases you from greed. Covetousness, money-mindedness. A lot of people are just so money-minded. Oh, I got to make money, I need to make money, I need to make money, calm down. It's because you are not giving in the right place or you are not giving in the right course or in the right direction. Because when you are giving, you will be calm, you will feel free, your body will be free, your soul will be free, your spirit will be free. You will be released from greed, covetousness, money-mindedness, you will be released. By giving. Because the opposite of giving is stingy. When you're not giving, you are very stingy. Some people are very stingy. Some Christians are so stingy. They don't know how to give anything. You ask them, give me what? I remember when I was in elementary school, there was this guy. I asked him for Cocoa Pops. Cocoa Pops is all these um, chocolate um, syrups or something. It's cereal, yeah. I said, give me. He said, no, you're a beggar. Wow, just, just because I asked you for cereal, you said you're yeah, a beggar. Sip cereal. <laughs> the opposite of giving is stingy. When you give, you are released from greed, mammon, money mindedness, covetousness, self centeredness. You are released from, oh, it's just me, it's just me and my family. Oh, it's just me. I want to build the whole house. I want to get. <laughs> Since all the okay, now let's let's do an analysis. Since all the time you've been making money, how far have you achieved? How, what have you achieved with all since since when you've been working and making what have you achieved with your money? So you say, No, I might not be there yet, but I intend to get there. Okay. Is your name on Forbes list? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Is your name on the Forbes list? Calm down. 
So, and many people are afraid when it comes to giving. In fact, a lot of people don't like preachings on giving. As I'm preaching like this, some people are saying, hey, why, is this, why is he preaching giving? What's going on? <laughs> a lot of people, this teaching on giving is one, is one secluded area that many preachers run away from. I'm telling you because we now live in a world where there is critics everywhere. Me, I'm not scared. If you don't come to church again after service today, okay, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I'm not scared. I'm going to teach God's word. I believe it is in, giving is in God's word and I'm going to teach it. Hallelujah. I'm not scared. A lot of preachers don't like to teach it. They just touch on it, giving briefly, mm, and they'll go. They don't want to offend anybody. No, you should teach people. We should teach people how to give. Christianity is founded on giving. If men didn't give, we wouldn't have chairs. We are sitting on today in church. Hallelujah. All of us will be standing and looking at ourselves. We'll probably be maybe on the street. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't be afraid. A lot of you just get, especially as I'm talking like this, someone just say, hmm, ah, I did not make any money last week. Oh, don't, don't, make, don't mention giving. No, be calm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at Matthew 6, verse 21. Matthew 6, verse 21. Matthew 6, verse 21. Giving. Matthew 6, verse 21. It says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <laughs> For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Some of you, your treasure is in clothes. Fashion over. Um, BLT? PLT? Is there something like that? Pretty oh, pretty little things. Okay. Some of you, you have, um, some of you, you have a lot of carts. You know, you have a lot of things are stored in your cart. For save for later in your Amazon cart, your fashion over. So as you're making money, it's going straight. Perfumes, it's going straight. Some of you, Zara, all of those things, ASOS, everything, all your cart is full. Just going, look at it. It says, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. You, you know, you should, you should check it. What, what do you spend your money on the most? That is exactly where your treasure is. Now, you know, we live in America where you pay bills a lot. I know that's where our heart is. That's where our treasure is. America is legit sopping our money and thinking, I know. But outside your bills, wherever you spend your money on is where your heart is. Some of you is food. You're looking at the next new restaurant. Okay, you're just going somewhere. <laughs> going. They will ask you give for the work of ministry that somebody's life will be saved. Is it, is it me that killed them? What's my business with that? <laughs> what's, what's my business with that? <laughs> it is from where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Look at it in verse 26. He says, Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bands, for yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Hallelujah. If the Lord feeds the bears of the air, have you ever wondered those bears flying across? Who feeds them? How do they survive? You know, without food, no, nothing survives. Who feeds them? The Lord Jesus feeds them. 
The Father in heaven feeds and, and he says, look at what he says. He says, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Hallelujah. So the Lord is taking care of you. Say the Lord is taking care of me. So I came this morning to tell you, don't be, don't be worried or don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be scared. The Lord is taking care of you. Hallelujah. You're going to get a good job. I say that to some of you this morning. You're getting a good job. Amen. You're getting good jobs. Your names will be said in places that matters. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 31. It says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Hallelujah. It says, Or what shall we drink? Whither shall we be clothed? Look at verse 32. It now says, For after... It says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles there will mean those who are not believers. That's what they are worrying about. Ha, ah, what am I going to eat after service this night? After service. What am I going to eat tomorrow? Ha, ah, what am I going to eat next month? Oh, what will I eat next year? You know, some people are already worried about 2023. And we are still in August. <laughs> it says, for that is how the Gentiles think. The Gentiles in this narrative is referring to those unbelievers. He said, for your heavenly fathers, knoweth that ye have need of these things. The Lord knows you want to get it, that you need a job. He knows. He's going to take care of you. The Lord knows you need money. The Lord knows. He's going to take care of you. The Lord knows you need certain things. He's going to take care of you. Kenneth Hagin said, the first step to supernatural prosperity is to treat earthly things lightly. The first step to supernatural prosperity is to th treat earthly things lightly. So, you cannot separate your heart from your giving. So, one thing that must stay in you, try to treat earthly things so lightly. Don't take too much thought on so many things. There are some things that should not be priority to you. There should not be. So Jesus was teaching something in this text, and Jesus was teaching that God is the giver. How many of you saw that in this text? That God actually gives. How many of you noticed that? If you read in that 26 and 31 and 32, it made you understand that God is the giver. See, let me tell you, needs do not change because <laughs> you are born again. The fact that you are born again doesn't mean your needs are going to change. The fact that you are a Christian doesn't mean you are going to stop worrying about the clothes you, want, you, eat, you, you wear, the food you eat, or the, how you will pay your next bill. You know, needs do not change. You will keep having needs. But do not let money and the thought of money fill your heart. Don't let money and the thought of money fill your heart. So when you give, what is going on with you is that you are releasing yourself from the hold of money. How many of you know money is like a spirit? Some people, that's why people steal. That's why people do bad things to get it. That's why people rob banks. People scam people. There are a lot of fraudsters all around the internet. Some people call them yahoo yahoo. <laughs> a lot of fraudsters. Four one nines. <laughs> gamblers they just want to get money and some of you are like that but you think you are not like that 
You think, oh, because I've not scammed anybody, I'm not like that. But the thought of money fills your heart. You are looking at how you make money. Everything on your head is making money. You are not even bothered about how you will pray, how you will study the word, how you will reach out to a soul, how you will come to service. You are just thinking of, oh, money. Ah, okay, money. Ah, okay, if I, before some of you, before you even get a job, you'll have calculated how much you make in a week. Then the money has gone. Before they give you this, this paycheck, the money has gone because you have spent it in your mind. <laughs> Oh, you all do that. I know. As the money is coming, before the money comes, as you are starting on Monday like this, you are already thinking of next week, Friday. Okay, they will give me $500. Okay, $400 for this, $200 for this, $10 for keep. Then you are thinking of how you start again. Okay, you get this one. The money. So before you get your paycheck, your money has gone. Because your mind is just money, 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 money. <laughs> When you give, you release yourself from that hood. Hallelujah. If you want to release yourself from that bondage, just be a giver. Hallelujah. The Bible says, take no thought. Look at it. Invest. Let's see it again. Invest 30. Matthew 6. Verse 31. It says, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or whither shall we be clothed? It says, for all these do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. So, it will take you off the hold of money. And I pray to God this morning that the hold of money is breaking off from you people. Amen. Especially in this our country and in this America, money is terrible. A lot of people do so much for money. You see people working Four jobs, two, three jobs, morning shift, afternoon shift, night shift. They don't even have time for their health, don't have time for rest. They don't go to church, they don't serve God just because of money. Why money? Make money, but don't let money take hold of you. Hallelujah. So God is the greatest giver. Hallelujah. God is the greatest giver. God is the greatest giver. Let's go back to our 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 8, sorry, not 5. 2 Corinthians 8. Let's go back there. Now see, look at in verse 2 again. It says, How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto them the riches of their liberality. This is a church that had nothing. They were poor. When, I, when the Bible said deep poverty... The Bible was not exaggerating. It means it. It's a deep poverty. That is, the entire church was in poverty. They didn't have. And yet, they were giving. You know, in today's day, it is when you have, you want to give. But these guys, they didn't have. But yet, they were giving. So that shows... That one thing to deal with, if look at in verse 5, it says, And this they did, as we hope, but first, that is the very first thing they, they did, was that they gave their own self, in verse 5. So that means, the very first thing to do is to deal with your heart. Deal with your heart as a Christian. What goes through the thoughts in your heart? Does money fuel your thoughts all the time? 
Do you get to what I'm saying? Does money fill your thoughts all the time? Because you have to deal with your heart first. Give your heart to the gospel. Let your heart be consecrated. Because a heart that cannot be consecrated cannot be comfortable with giving. If you have a problem with what I'm teaching this morning, it shows your heart is not consecrated. It shows there's something you need to work on. You should be comfortable with the teachings of giving. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, dive deep into the whims and crapses of America where a lot of people are scared of teaching on giving. No, it's in the scriptures. We should be bold to talk about it, the Bible way. Not scamming people and telling people, so $91 for $91 seed. That's scam. That's a scam. That's, <laughs> that is a pastor using people as a scam. That's so $91 to get $91 seed. People do it on TV. They'll say, you give, get, give, this, give this gift amount so that you can get a prayer show so that you can use it to pray, or give this gift amount, so we'll be sending you prayers, and we'll be praying for you. No, Bren, don't, don't give to those type of things. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's a scam. But there is a Bible way of teaching, the, of teaching, the, of teaching giving. So a heart that is not consecrated cannot be comfortable with giving. Look at in verse 6. In so much that we desire Titus, that as he has begun, he will also finish the grace in you. Titus was sent to the church, that the church of Corinth will now start functioning in the grace of Macedonia. So what was happening is that, you know, this is 2 Corinthians. This is a church of Corinth. So Corinth was not functioning in giving. So you know what they did? They told Corinth the story of what was going on in Macedonia. And let me explain Corinth to you. Corinth was like a confluence city. It was like a New York of our day. Not Rochester, New York. No, this place is village. <laughs> I mean the proper New York. When I'm talking of proper New York, I mean Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, all of those places. That's how the confluence place of their day. So they had everything, but yet they were not giving. So Paul sent Titus to them to perfect, to start. So Paul, Titus must have started teaching a series on giving, just like I'm doing this morning. Titus must have started, okay guys, Macedonia was poor. They didn't have anything. Yet, they were giving. And you, Corinth, you are living in the oil well. <laughs> you are living in the boom. In the cream, the la cream of the city. And yet, you guys have money and you're not giving. <laughs> because today, like I said again, I've, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people and they say, if you talk about giving today, you will be scandalized. Even if you put it on social media today, people will tell you, so, so, are you saying, are you now saying, <laughs> are you now? <laughs> like I said, there is a Bible way to teach it. Hallelujah. It's not to scam people and tell them, okay, brethren, you know that when we're younger, they'll tell you, brethren, give, um, this, they'll tell you, um, the Lord is saying that there's five people in this service this morning that you should give five million dollars. <laughs> so if the Lord, <laughs> so if five people did not come out, they'll reduce it and say, I'm hearing the Lord say one million dollars. 
nobody will stand up. Ah, what's going on? So I'm hearing the law saying $500,000. Then people will now start standing up. Ah, so the law quick started changing his words. <laughs> there is a Bible way to teach it. There is a Bible way. So because when you have the counterfeit, there is always an original. Are you getting me? When you have the counterfeit teaching, just know there is an original way to teach it. And the original way to teach giving is that people should give sacrificially. You should give sacrificially. The way to understand giving is you giving sacrificially. When I mean sacrificially, I mean sacrificially. So Macedonia, let's back to our Macedonia now. Macedonia gave even when they didn't have enough. And they didn't give grudgingly. They didn't give and say, huh, uh, I'm, I'm giving my last cobble. I'm leaving my last cent. I'm giving my last all. They are not crying and saying, I'm giving. I'm giving. They say we should give. No, they gave with joy. Despite they didn't have Probably some of them will not even know what to do the next. They don't even know where the next meal will come from. Yet they gave and they were giving with joy. But you know, if there's some of you, I don't want to mention names. <laughs> some of you will say, no. <laughs> is this the last? You, you even wave and say, this is the last thing I have with me. No. They gave with joy. Because giving to a sight, the born again man. Hallelujah. Because that is your nature. Do you know that? The Spirit of God in you, that is your nature, to give. So, Titus was sent to Corinth to give. He was sent to Corinth to teach those people of Corinth to give. So, it is very possible as a Christian. Look at in verse 7, in that 2 Corinthians 8, in verse 7. It says, therefore, as ye abound in everything... So that means the church of Corinth was abounding in everything. They were abounding in faith. They were abounding in utterance. So that means they can give utterance, tongues and interpretation <laughs> from morning to evening non-stop. The church was working in faith. They were and knowledge. They had knowledge. They can give you the Greek, Hebrew, and Latin texts of the world. They were diligent. All of them were diligent. And they were and in love and in your love. So that means they were even working in love already. And see that ye are bound in this gift. But when it comes to giving, they'll say, oh, Pastor, don't touch that respect. <laughs> we, we are okay the way we are. <laughs> At least we can give utterance, we can heal the sick, <laughs> we can preach the gospel, we have all the knowledge, we have everything, we are bounding in everything. But when it comes to giving, <laughs> our pockets are empty on this. So, it's very possible for a Christian to walk in all the light and not walk in another. So, it's very possible to be walking in something, to be flowing in tongues and interpretation, to be flowing in knowledge, to be preaching the gospel, and not also walking in giving. And that's wrong. Because as a pastor, one thing you should learn as a pastor, as a preacher of the gospel, is that there must be nothing you shouldn't teach. You, must, you mustn't be a specialist. As a preacher of the gospel, you mustn't be a specialist. You must teach everything. Because what you don't teach, people won't know. And God's will is that we will all prosper and have enough. And I tell you something. Don't ever criticize giving. Don't ever criticize giving. Because what you don't respect, you will not attract in your life. Don't criticize giving. So whatever a church doesn't teach there will be a problem. 
And when churches are not thought to give to their leaders, to give to their pastors, to give to their preachers, there will be a lot of dishonor in that place. Because there is a grace of God to give financially, to support the work of Jesus. In Genesis, giving was seen as a seed. In the law of Moses, it was seen as a type and shadow. In Jesus, we saw giving as a practice of giving. Look at the 2 Corinthians 9. Now look at it in 9. Look at 2 Corinthians 9 now. In verse 6. It says, But this I say, He that soweth sparingly, we reap what? Sparily. Also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall also do what? We read bountifully. Look at it in verse 7. It says, For every man, according as he has proposed in his heart, so let him give. Not what? And, or of necessity. For God loveth the word. Look at it in verse 8. For God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Hallelujah. God is able to make all grace abound towards me. I don't know about you, but God is able to make all grace abound towards me. He now says that he always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he dispersed abroad, and he had given to the poor, and righteousness remained forever. And now that he that ministers seed, so now look at something. God starts the giving. In verse 6, he says, he that so sparingly shall also reap bountifully shall also reach sparingly and he that swear bountifully shall reap bountifully remember i have, I've told you god is the giver right he starts the giving so in verse 8 when we read in verse 8 i receive or in verse, in verse 6 sorry it says when you sow sparingly you reap sparingly so don't have a poverty mentality I want to correct your mindset this morning. Don't have a poverty mentality. Think big. Think wild. Have dreams for the gospel. Have dreams of how you are going to give. See, look at even atheists. Bigate is an atheist and Bigate is donating all his wealth. I'm not using Bigate as an example, but I'm just telling you something you should glean from. Bigate is one of the biggest philanthropists in the world despite as an atheist how much more you a believer now bigate doesn't have anything to do with his money he says he's donating all his wealth to charity now some of you say me if i have that kind of money give charity <laughs> god forbid when i've not bought house when i've not bought this when i've not bought that <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that's giving so don't have a poverty mentality. In your mind, you should start dreaming of how you're going to give big. Start dreaming of how you're going to give, buy cars. Start dreaming of how you're going to build houses where we will house homeless people. For people, you know, imagine, imagine us building an apartment as a church for the homeless people. And we clean them up, give them shelter, give them food, hallelujah, giving them life every day. Giving them a job, we have a company, we have a big warehouse where they can work, and we change their life. And they are, they are now learning the gospel. What a life changed. Let's have dreams like that. 
Imagine we give and we are sending materials, Bibles to nations, Muslim nations. We are sending it to those places. We are sending relief materials to nations like Afghanistan, where ISIS we are taking over now. We are just sending relief materials to those nations. That should, that should fill your heart. Stop thinking small. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because remember, God is what? So imagine that kind of dream you have for God. If giving becomes a habit, <laughs> God is going to support that habit. Hallelujah. When big giving becomes your habit, God is going to support that habit. When giving becomes your lifestyle, God is going to make it your habit to give you. So in verse 8, it says, God is able to make all grace abound towards me. I'm reading it for myself. <laughs> that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may be able to abound to good works. So that is not fair to giving because it makes you give. Prosperity is in twofold. Let me show you. Look at in verse 9 of that 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians 9, sorry, verse 9. Prosperity is in twofold. As it is written, either as despised abroad, he had given to the poor, his righteousness remained forever. Now, he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food, and multiply your seed soon, and increase, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. In verse 11, it says, Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes, us, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. So for you, when you are giving something, prosperity is twofold for you and for others. So that is prosperity is manifested when you give. Prosperity is not when you keep acquiring everything, when you keep acquiring everything. It is when you give. The seed to the sower, that is, it gives seeds to the sower. The seed to the sower will mean your paycheck, your income, your salary, your, your monthly income, your weekly income. Every income I receive is bread. So God blesses, you know, Makaki says something. He says, God blesses people so that God blesses you so that people will know how God blesses his children. How many of you know that God blesses you? How many of you know? How many of you know that many a times when situations happen, where it's as though, um, where it's as though you are about to experience a financial real lack Something just happens suddenly. How many of you have experienced such a thing before? Something just happens suddenly. Let me see your hand. If, if you've experienced something just happens suddenly. Now, that's because God is going to bless you. How many of you know that God is going to bless your company where, where you work? God is going to bless it for your sake. Just so that you can have enough to give. God is going to bless your company. God is going to bless your job for your sake. So, he gives seeds to the sower. Look at it. It says, he ministers seed to the sower, both, and both ministers bread for your food. It is bread for your food and seeds to sow. So, when you are addicted to giving, God is going to support the habit. Hallelujah. Some people are just so stingy, like I said. And you know the funniest thing is, the grace of giving functions more when you don't even have enough. 
the grace of giving functions more when you don't have enough. So not having enough is not an excuse. So if you can receive from God, you should give from what you have received. If you can receive from God, you should receive from what you give. Or you should give from what you've received. So giving is faith in God. It releases faith for more. Hallelujah. It releases faith for more. So that shows that the income on our hands is, for, is to give. Your paycheck is to give for the gospel. Is to give. So when you have received, you give. Hallelujah. Say, so when I receive, I give. Because giving is faith in God. It releases your faith for more and more. First Timothy 6 verse 17. First Timothy 6 verse 17. First Timothy 6 verse 17. He says, Church them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. He says, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Hallelujah. God gives me all things richly to enjoy. You're not saying it like you mean it. God gives me all things richly to enjoy. So, you trust God by doing good. So, how do you release yourself from being high-minded? You do good. Because in verse 18, it says, they that do good, they, that they be rich in in good works, ready to distribute, right? Willing to communicate. So, when you keep holding on, look at in verse 19, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation, and many times, that they lay hold of internal life. So, if you keep holding on to earthly things, it's because of fear. When you keep holding on to so many earthly things, oh, I don't want to share, I don't want to share, I just want to have it alone for myself. It's because you are, you are scared. Some of, many of us are scared. So when I give, I look forward for more. I don't know about you. When I give, it shows that more is coming. When I have, and I give what I have, it shows that more is coming. I don't know about you, but I love to give. I love to give. I love to share what I have. When I have money, I remember in the course of the week, I wrote... I wrote down ministries I'm going to be giving to. I would to God I will buy jet for ministers of the gospel. Hallelujah. I would to, if you say, oh, private jet is a sin, that's a poverty mentality. <laughs> your ministry, you know, your ministry just require you to trek. Some, ministry, some people's ministry require them to fly around now. <laughs> I would to God that we will give to a ministry 100 millions of dollars. I'm, I'm very encouraged when I listen to somebody like Kenneth Copeland and I see the work they are doing. Kenneth Copeland ministry gives out jets like they are giving out, like they are giving out cars, like they are giving out bicycles. I'm very inspired. Sometimes I just decide to just watch them. I'm just like, God. I was listening to something in the course of the week and a man was sharing his story. He said, Kenneth Copeland ministry has given to our ministry so much money. 
I said, God, my Lord, I'm not doing anything yet. I want us as a ministry, we should be sending so much money to other ministries. Giving money, blessing ministries. Okay, advance the course of your gospel. Okay, we believe in what you are doing. We are praying for you. We are standing by you. Okay, take this. I remember when I met Mark Harkins and I went to their new building. They have a, their, their land is like a city. Lord Jesus. I took Abraham there. We were so wild. And he said, I asked him, how did you get it? He said, my Lord is a good God. He said, my father gives everything. I was like, wow. He said, now we're about to start another thing. There, our men are going to give. So don't be a stingy Christian. Hallelujah. Don't be a stingy Christian. You are a giver by nature. I'm a giver by nature. So you know there is more. Hallelujah. There is more. The money you have in your hands, there is more. Just give it. There is more. Hallelujah. There is more. You know, like I said again, God is going to bless your job because of you. Some of you will get good jobs just because God knows you have to give for his work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Remember I told you, when giving becomes, when you are addicted to giving, the Lord Jesus will support your habits. Hallelujah. God blesses you so that others can be blessed also. You know, God gives me so that I can give you. I'm preaching today. I've learned the gospel today so that I can give you. You are learning so that you can give somebody. The money in your hands, you give it. The Lord is going to bless you to bless others. Jesus wants to bless the world through you. I like that song. Jesus wants to bless the world through you. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to bless the world through me. Hallelujah. So if you buy a house, if you buy a car, look forward to giving it out. So they, really? Yeah. Look forward to giving it out. Look forward to giving it out. Look forward to giving it out. Look forward to I was talking to Pastor Ife one time. He said, I just want to give. He said, I met a certain man of God one time. He said, I emptied everything and I just gave. I said, ah. I said, I like this. You know, want to give. Want to give. God meets my needs so that I meet the needs of others. Giving is how he moves. Giving is how it moves. It's not by you hoarding it. You know, money is you giving it out. So we meet the need of others when we give. So I give to meet the need of others. I give to meet the need of others. Philippians 4 verse 13, 10 to 13 as I close now. Philippians 4 verse 10 to 13. Have you been learning something this morning? Yes, Philippians 4 verse 10 to 13. He says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Wherein you were, care, you were also careful, but you lacked the opportunity. Verse 11, Not that I speak of respect in of want, for I have learned in so ever state I am therewith to be content. And I know how, both how to abase and how to abound, and wherein in all things I am instructed to be full and to be hungry, both to abandon and to suffer need. 
So Paul was rejoicing because the church supported their pastor. A church that doesn't support their pastor hasn't done well. So Paul was rejoicing. He says in verse 10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. A church that doesn't support their pastor is not doing well. But a church who has supported their pastor has done well. Look at in verse 14 of that same Philippians 4 verse. He said, notwithstanding, ye have, ye have well done. You see, notwithstanding, ye have what? Well done. That ye communicate with my affliction. He says, now ye Philippians know also that at the beginning of the gospel, when I departed to Macedonia, no church, you see, no church communicated with me has concerning giving and receiving, but you only. He commended them. Because that is, the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 5, it says you should not muzzle the horse that treaded the corn. So it is part, so giving as an account, because it is part of your service to the Lord. The Lord is going to ask you, someday, how much did you give? Giving as an account, it is sacrifice to God. God meets your needs so that you can meet the needs of others. So when I give, I meet the need of the church. And your church is the primary place to give, to function. Your church is your primary place to function. God meets the needs so that you can meet the need of the church. The first group of the poor is ministering in your church. The first group of the poor to give to should not be given to an outsider. The first group of the poor should be people in the church. In Acts 11, Agabus gave. Agabus told them to, to donate relief because of the famine and all of those. When Agabus prophesied, the church in Jerusalem, everybody gave to support the need. So God gives us to give others. God gives us to give others. In Ephesians 4 verse 28, it says, Let him that steal, steal no more, but rather let him labor, walking with his hand, that which good thing, that he may give to him that needed. In Acts 2 verse verse 44 to 45, Acts 4 verse 33 to 35, the church gave. The church gave. So there must be organization also in giving. Bring it to church. In a church like ours, we're going to have a pastoral care department where you give to that place. Not that you give manipulatively and you just give to somebody. No, you give to the church. The church will assign it and give to those who are in need. So we have like a pastoral care department where we we donate certain money. You say you want to give to the church. You want to bless people in the church. Don't bless the person directly. Bring it to the church. The church will help you administer it. We will help you look around and say, okay, that brother, that sister needs something. Let's point the money. Don't you just say, oh, this brother does not dress. You can't know. There's organization of things. So sometimes in the church, because it's not everybody the church will want to support. There will be some people that say, no, no, we don't want to support this. So let this one go and walk. <laughs> but there are just some that are just, in, they're just there. In Acts 20, verse 33 to 35, Galatians 2, verse 10. Just put that down. Let's, put, let's see Galatians 2, verse 10. Galatians 2, verse 10. Are you blessed this morning? Galatians 2, verse 10. So remember, God is the first giver and he gives to meet the need. 
Galatians 2 verse 10. He says, only they would that would be same, remember the poor, the same which are also forward to do. So, you give to those who are in need. You give to those who, who don't have. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 1 to 2. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 1 to 2. It is now concerning the collection of the saints. I have given in order the churches of Galatia, even do so ye. Verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you labor him in store, as God has prospered him, that there will be no gradring when I come. You lay in store as God has prospered you. You give. So there is such a thing as helping people in the local church. So there is nothing wrong with bringing your income and giving. With setting aside a portion of your income and say, okay, I'm giving this to the church. I'm giving this in the offering basket. I'm giving this as a tithe. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. The church has need also. Yeah. Church has need. We have to spread the gospel to the nations of the earth. More materials to be printed, more, more people to listen to the gospel. The church has need because as the church grows, the need of the church is going to increase. So, and Jesus wants to bless the world through you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but Jesus wants to bless the world through me. So, you must be a giving Christian. You must. So, as a Christian, you must be giving. You must be giving. And God is the first giver. So whatever he has given you in your hands, he has given you so that you can give. Hallelujah. He has given you to give. So when you give, you release yourself from the hold of greed. You release yourself from the hold of mammon. You release yourself from the hold of conversiousness. You release yourself from the hold of being money-mindedness. You release yourself from that hold. So you must be a giving Christian. Say, I am a giving Christian. All that I have is for, God, is for me to give. So as you give, think big. Are you getting what I'm saying? Think big. Want to do more for the gospel. I don't know about you, but I want to... I, 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 I trust the Lord to buy ministries jets. I trust the Lord to buy ministries buses. I trust the Lord to buy, before I die, to, to build churches for other churches. Not even ours, for other ministries. Because I know the Lord wants to bless the world through me. That thing in your hand, there is nothing you should not be able to give. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? As you're making money, think big for the gospel. As you're making money, start thinking big. Start thinking big. Okay, I need to give. Stop thinking about you, you, you all the time. That's greed. That's covetousness. You have already planned the money for your own self and nothing for the gospel. You are a stingy Christian. As you get money, the gospel, the priority of the gospel, except you don't, except the gospel is not priority to you. Hallelujah. Just bow your heads and pray for yourself this morning. Bow your heads and pray.